Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. And today we have a very special guest with us. And he, actually, he studied in the same college with us. But now he has over 10,000 YouTube subscribers. Welcome to the podcast, Ziad. How is things going for you? Hey, what's up? Ringgit to dollar. Or should I say, hey, what's up, Andrew? Ziad here. So yeah. everything is doing fine. Thank you very much for inviting me up to your podcast. So happy to chat with you today. Yeah, we're very happy to have you. And of course, right, as usual, I have to have my my ever legendary best friend, Nico. How about you? How is things going for you, Nico? Great, great. It's Friday, so it's always good. <laughs> yeah, always good, right? I saw yeah. your Instagram story that you're playing golf again. So Yeah. Yeah, yep. trying to get so, into it, lah. <laughs> trying to get into it. Yeah, Some, sometimes we we miss the golf ball, la, But that defeats the purpose of today's conversation. Okay. <laughs> correct, so, correct, correct. Yeah, let's let's get back to topic. Well, actually, right today we have brought Ziad onto the podcast to talk about how he juggles between YouTube and working a full time job because we all know that that is actually not easy, right? So without further delays, and you don't want to listen to me talk bullshit the whole day. Let's get Ziad to introduce himself. So Ziad, over to you. Tell us, who are you? Wow, I love that intro. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so, hi everyone. I'm Ziet. I'm 26 from Klang. Currently, I'm living in uh, KL. So, I'm a commercial analyst uh, for business development in a local public listed company. And I also run a small uh, finance YouTube channel talking about finance, investments, business, stocks, and etc. Pretty much everything that re- revolves around money. Lah. So, um. Yeah, that's pretty much I do right now. Yeah, and I remember back then when you first started off, right? Um, what was what was, what was it like last year June, right? Was it last yeah, year June? I, I, yeah, I started in June twenty twenty, so it's about fourteen six sixteen months already. So yeah, pr- pretty hell. What what a right man. What a fucking mm. journey, right? Today you have over ten thousand subscribers. Is that a fucking journey that you expected it to be this big? Yeah. No, no, no. I, Actually, no. Uh, my initial goal uh, was actually 1,000 subscribers by the end of 12 months. Uh. That was mm-hmm. my, my, my realistic target. And then, like, four months into my YouTube channel, uh, I got, I think, 350 subscribers. Eh. Then I'm like, mm. oh, okay, I'm still on track to monetization in one year. 1,000 mm. subscribers and 4,000 uh, watch hours. Ma. So mm-hmm. I'm still on track. And then, like freaking hit like jackpot or one or two here jackpot here and then went on to mr money's tv's uh uh podcast as well then mm-hmm. uh sort of found my found my niche uh amongst the journey um, uh, during the journey then yeah things things just got uh steamroll like five mm-hmm. months into and then i hit my first 1000 subscribers about five months and then the next 1000 in uh three weeks like that and then the following one was actually pretty crazy like almost yeah the the, the time to take another 1000 is like shorter and shorter and shorter so mm. you i guess you can say it, it's sort of skyrocket lah so yeah, like to the moon but, la. yeah exactly but then <laughs> but then uh contradictory yeah, um i don't want to like let luck take the credit because i think it was it was sort of a preparation for the rocket to lift off uh, that mm-hmm. i've done for the past past uh five six months even before i started my youtube channel i I did a lot of preparation work so it was all prep work lah so i always tell people this lah um luck is when preparation meets opportunity lah so if you if no one gives you the opportunity or if you are so unlucky that you don't have any opportunity then you just prep the shit out of it then just keep keep preparing keep 
making yourself better and then when the time comes then you just take off lo. that's that's mm. how i view things lah Right, right, right. Mm. And actually, right, when you say luck is uh, preparation, uh, you have to be prepared. When the luck comes, you have to grab the opportunity, right? Yes. Not the opportunity doesn't come every day. But what made you actually start this YouTube channel? What what got you so interested in this topic? Well, actually, uh, funny enough, I I always wanted to make a YouTube channel, but I have no idea what I wanted to do, right? Mm. Because I think I think that's a dilemma a, a lot of. Uh, people, a lot of creators go through. Like initially, I, I thought I was good at Dota. Like, I thought lah. Then I wanted to make <laughs> content about Dota. Mm-hmm. But then again, um, sort of like who would watch? Ah, I was thinking like I'm not even that great. Not tier one, not tier two players. I'm just a subpar players. Uh, just slightly above average, but still not good enough. Then I'm like scrap the idea. Then I actually wanted. I almost uh dropped the. I almost bought the webcam and stuff. I was almost like check out. Then I like stopped like one second before I click check out. So I scrapped the idea. Then I wanted. Then the next thing I that at that time it was like around March uh, of 2020. Then I got into I got into this thing called uh, Animal Crossing in in Nintendo Switch, and mm-hmm. I actually went like all in. I actually loved the game. So I actually thought, uh, why not? I can also be a a streamer for. For games like this, right? That because I see the niche also got a lot of uh, a lot of traction in in in, in Nintendo Switch gaming lah, console gaming lah. Yeah. So I wanted to do that, but then again, same thing lah. My I I sort of stumble hit the hit the block that uh I don't even know how to speak like naturally, freely, like chillax. I always so kanjong one when it when it comes to recording, and uh, it's it's like it's it's not my natural talent lah. I, I'm mm. a bit of introvert one last time. Uh, even yeah. even until today, like it, it, it's a challenge to to even speak naturally without a script, uh, without uh, you know, without stumbling and uh, here or there, and then it's it's not the trait that you would have to start a gaming channel, I would say. So I delayed the idea, lor. So at the time, I was also pretty new into investing, one. So, uh, that time I think I was like seven to eight months into investing in Busan, Malaysia. So I sort mm. of sort of learned the very basics of brokerage and stocks, and at the same time in my job. Uh, luckily enough, I'm doing fine uh in in the uh, finance stuff. So, uh, financial modeling, uh, financial statements, annual reports was like my my daily storybook lah. So that that got me uh pretty well in in the finance uh, knowledge wise, but then still not good enough to convince me to start a YouTube channel. So like into into May or like one or two months before I start my YouTube channel. So I have my friends asking me about financial statement, asking me because she wanted to start her own business, but she didn't understand anything about uh, financial statement or whatsoever. So she, she sort of asked me, lo. so I just share with her. And then uh, because I taught, about, uh, I taught the finance knowledge to her, the other, the other friend also heard about it. And then they also asked me. Lo. So in the end, like four, five or six of them kept asking me. Then I was thinking if, what if I talk about how I started investing? What if I talk about cash flow statement, the financial statements and stuff? Surely, if got five people want to know, surely there's some people out there that wants to know about all this knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, that got me thinking, lah. So um, and at the same time, I was actually sort of uh, uh, in the midst of changing my brokerage account from paying like twenty four, twenty eight dollars per trade, uh, twenty eight ringgit per trade for for me bank. To change into their their more commercial one because I was I think in on, on a margin account or something like that one so I changed okay. over to a normal cash account without contra one then it was like eight ringgit per trade which is the the usual for a lot of people 
So I thought, mm. uh, since I screw up, then most most likely a lot of people will screw up because I went to Maybank Investment Bank instead of the Maybank Commercial Bank to to open my account. So I that was my first screw up. So I thought, uh, yeah, if if I can help another people to to like avoid this mistake, ah, uh, then then surely people will be thankful, uh, So I just share, uh. So at that time, my first five videos was about annual report, how I started investing, uh, <clears throat> why I choose this brokerage account, and what mistake I've made with my Maybank IB, and then it sort of started pretty okay la. and not not to say okay la. I got like a few hundred views here and there then I'm like mm-hmm. hey, not bad la, actually uh, no people scold me for being uh, a beginner in investing and then I sort of gained a little uh, confidence to you know share your journey instead of like treating or waiting for yourself to be an expert only then you are able to step up to the public stage to share with people actually you don't need to be an expert one so that was the first thing that I've learned that uh, you can actually just share your journey you stupid you stupid lah. as long mm-hmm. as you share people it's not a crime how, right yeah yeah it's not mm-hmm. a crime as long mm-hmm. as you are be, you are being transparent uh, as long as you 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 admit that you were stupid and then you hope that no one repeats the same mistake as you I think a lot of people appreciate that actually so mm. So that was the initial thinking. And then like I keep on pushing also every every week I set a weekly schedule to to just consistently post about finance content, which uh in a way it's 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 also something that I pledge to myself. It's a way for me to think that if people can like go all in studying to get A plus, uh, then for sure I can go all in study about investing, then surely I can make more money with stocks. Nah. That was my initial mm. idea. Lah. So yep. so uh with that that will help me to push myself to learn more so that I know more so that I can be better at making money one and also two I can be better at sharing and teaching people on videos so that 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 sort of actually uh, formulate until the me today la, where I push myself so hard every single week and my contents are usually research based one not something that I can think of from my head and then I just ramble for like 10 minutes one it's not my style one my, my style is always research kau kau one it's it's a bit hard to copy in a sense la. And then, so that that sort of gave uh gave me the 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 very uh like like Tesla have their own business mode right. This is sort of my unique mode uh, where my content. If you want to copy uh, you just copy. Then for sure people know one you you are copying me one. So 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 that me that gave me the the edge law. So mm. at that time, yeah. So so um, I just hustle struggle week by week, and then I think I hit the first goal. When I think started with stash away one that th- that time everyone was like you know stash away robot advisor uh yeah. you know uh that was thing, right? twenty uh that that was an in thing back then like like one year ago uh people were like stash away thirty percent thirty six percent like that like that so it was very surface one a lot of videos out there sorry lah but then it was mm. very surface one so I was like the first person to you know fuck it do it 36% what's inside what's the ETF what is bond what is the yield there what is the yield curve you know <laughs> I really dive into that shit on there. so mm-hmm. I think people sort of uh, appreciated that and then I got my really initial 2-300 followings and then by the time I hit like 350-400 uh, and that time I was like 4 months in already uh, so it was actually pretty slow growth one so at about 350 uh, that was the time when I started to dabble into US stocks so I started with uh, Maybank ma. So I, I was paying like what twenty five US dollars uh, per trade. So it was pretty painful. Like every time I went to DCA, I had to pay like twenty five dollars. So I have to force myself to DCA at least like four five thousand ringgit so that I don't yeah. I don't get burned like hundred ringgit brokerage fee. Like. So it's pretty crazy. So at that time, uh, I had no idea about interactive brokers, TD Ameritrade, eToro. I I knew about eToro because it was so 
uh, shady. It was, it was advertised so well, left oh, and right. Ah. So well, okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was advertised left and right, and everyone was talking about eToro. And then there's like no other broker exists on the internet. One like it's like it's like that. It's that bad. Like. And then TD Ameritrade was something like that time. Uh, and then but then like no one talked about TD Ameritrade. One. I don't know why because they don't sponsor or they got no referrals. Uh, no one talked about <laughs> TD Ameritrade. One. Yeah. So the marketing sucks, lah. Basically, I think exactly. So yeah. and then at that time, I was I was also a but not not at that time, like, I was always a avid uh, reader of a uh, lawyer forum. And then there was one a pretty active trade, which is the interactive brokers one. I saw they were doing uh, trade station global. Uh, which is like what one dollar fifty cents per trade one. So that mm-hmm. got me interested lah. But but at the start I was still very very lah, very scared lah because you are putting your money onto a foreign broker that is not uh regulated in Malaysia. At that time it was yeah. like uh anything that is not regulated, not 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 gonna touch. I'm not gonna put like yeah. five five figures of of my you know money into into somewhere on the internet that could be like poof suddenly poof gone already one. So yeah. at that time I didn't understand. Like, I think. Part of the fear was because I don't understood how the industry works, how the regulation works, and then, uh, and then I think uh, I was very grateful because one of the my new uh, one of the new hire in my my company, which is uh, currently my immediate superior, he was actually a trader in interactive brokers one. Actually, he uses interactive brokers to trade one. So he said actually this platform quite good uh, the the execution is very well uh. He tried Saxo Bank, Saxo Bank sort of expensive and then the other execution not that good as IBKR one so he's a frequent trader of interactive brokers like. so if someone that is so close to me is using interactive brokers on a daily basis uh, that gave me uh, the initial conviction to like trust them and that's how I jumped into TradeStation Global and, mm-hmm. and then I just sort of learned from the forum people uh, to set up CMB Singapore to set up TradeStation Global interactive brokers account then yeah. I started to trade in the US market then I thought uh from the uh, uh, that I, th- I think that time I was running out of content or something like I was thinking like, so I w- because I already got the CMB Singapore I already got Trade Station Global everything or how to make a video when you already got an account right so mm-hmm. to to like sort of restart and and to retake everything to snapshot everything uh, I had to like it was a lot of work so it was something that I I initially don't want to do one because uh which I glad I did because that was. That's that's, that's like my identity boom, right uh, now. <laughs> yeah, that's a big boom for your, your like channel. My, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad I did. Uh, I'm glad I did. So I initially don't want to do one because it's so much work to like recall all the steps and then you need to screenshot everything from the start. Like, you don't have to miss a single line of thing. Uh. Back mm-hmm. then I was like sort of a perfectionist. Uh, even until today. Uh. So so that was the thing. Uh. And then the rest is pretty much history. Uh. I started with the the first video was uh, comparing like seven brokers one uh, seven US brokers yeah, yeah Toro, I remember that one. Care, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the first one and I, think, I think no one done a video like that before one. it was pretty yeah. weird it was like a few slides but uh, highlighting the key differences in, in mm-hmm. between the, the fees what they can do the features I think a lot of people appreciated that even until today that was like my highest view video uh, not crazy amount but like 70,000 plus uh, views so so that was like my hit law and then uh, the rest is pretty much history like I did like then I repeat the CMB Singapore one that was also the, the first gold mine that I hit like. so the rest is pretty much history lo. yeah that's great man yeah and the rest is history actually yet I remember when I first wanted to start up for IBKR also I also watched your video and used your tutorial to sign up because <laughs> I found that it was really it was the right piece of content for my needs at the moment. Like mm. it was very clear step by step and you showed a lot of screenshots and mm. that really helped in, you know, filling up the forms and the details and stuff like that. 
So it gives, I guess, viewers a lot of confidence as they mm. try and do something that they're also scared to do. But in that sense also, right, I think something that people behind the screen might not appreciate as much is the hard work that goes into researching something to put out fresh content. Like, I mean, yep. what you said just now, right, it really clicked with me was that you saying that you couldn't find this content on YouTube yourself. And what you did was from whatever information you could get from the Laoyat forums, you gathered it and made a brand new piece of content, right? Yep. So yep. I think that is something that really the users on the opposite end of the screen might not appreciate enough from your hard work. And how, how important do you think that is in terms of the content that you create? Well, uh, actually, uh, in contrary, actually, a lot of people actually appreciate it. So in, mm. in that sense, I'm pretty grateful with that. So the way I, the way I started, uh, before answering your question, maybe this will just give you a better context. The, right. the way I, when I started crafting the strategizing my content was, um, well, of course, it must be research-based so that I get an advantage of, not, uh, of being totally fresh where no one no one have done that before so mm. so that was the that was the initial idea la. and then uh at the time I was like sort of into tesla and then elon musk had this first principle of thinking um mm. where you just uh solve problems based on the the very very initial fundamentals start from the very initial fundamentals one so uh one of the issue that i see uh, uh is a lot of finance creators sort of Focusing too much on um how to invest, uh, not not how to invest, uh, what 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 stocks to invest, uh, mm, yeah. what is happening in the market. It, it was like it was good content, but people forgotten that the very fundamental of investing uh, is not actually picking good stocks. It's not actually picking the cheapest broker. It's about how to even register for a broker, eh? and that is yeah. like the super. Uh, mm-hmm. the the first pillar of every investor is to start a brokerage account and to 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 even understand what is investing right that is the first step and then second is to 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 start with a brokerage account and i think uh being malaysians uh, a lot of people don't research that hard into which i totally understand uh, because at the start i also don't know how to i also don't know how to invest in the us market one and i i i, I avoided that interactive brokers tread on the Laoyat forum because it was so complicated. You step into the first page, uh, you don't know what they're writing. One. It was so complicated to read, to understand, and I, I avoided it and I just kept on continuing with my Maybank trading. But then, uh, like I've just said, I, I thought the 35 US dollars was too painful with the Maybank trade. So I had to jump mm. to, to in, into the interactive brokers forum and kept on asking people, kept on PM people until I got my account. Uh. So, so I think... I think th- what makes my content unique is because I understand that a lot of people face the same challenge that I faced before. So it's not about how to buy stocks. It's about uh, what is tax identification number. Uh, what, what is, uh, what is uh, trading permission? People don't even know about all this stuff. Right. Or not. The so details. The details that people always yeah. give. How to fund the account. Like, even if you've got a brokerage account, you, you also don't know how to fund it, right? Uh, there's mm-hmm. so many ways that the banks can can screw you, can eat from you because you don't know how to find an account and you fun just fact, send via. Fun fact, yeah. Uh, until today, right? Sometimes I go back to your video on how to fund my uh, my <laughs> transfer wise. You know, sometimes I still forget. Like, hey, fuck, what's the step? Huh? and I go back to the video <laughs> and I watch that video again and again and again. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really glad it helped. I'm really glad it helped. Yeah, because I think. For people to start investing, they have to go through these uh, very nitty gritty details of setups that not many people is talking about. One, so I think uh, that that gave me the unique edge, law. So back to your question, uh, Nico. If mm-hmm. you don't mind repeating the question, um, like how important was this process of finding information that other people cannot find and creating content based of it? 
Yeah. Right. So it's actually uh thank you very much for the very good question. It's actually my weekly struggle. I can tell you even <laughs> until today, I, I still struggle. It's a weekly struggle one because yeah. like I can easily tell you lah in my notions uh, uh management uh uh note taking app lah. I have like mm-hmm. easily ten to fifteen titles at the at right. my backlog to do one. But then. I can tell you, uh, every Sunday is my scripting day, and when I sit down at 11 a.m. or 12 p.m. after I woke up and you know whatever, mm-hmm. I can sit down until 3, 4 p.m. and I still can't decide what I'm going to script for that day because just because I have that backlog of 15 videos, ah, uh, that mm. that to me, ah, uh, if I filter it and I don't think that is the greatest uh, uh investment time investment I can make for that particular week, I won't choose that title one. So to me, when I choose a title, it's about How I strategize the concept of my of my uh, channel, and then uh, it's sort of like you want to pick the highest growth uh, title based on that week because it, time is money, ma. If you miss the growth, then you you five years down the road, the compounding effect will bite you back one. So, for example, I give you lah, you are a young guy. I give you ten thousand US dollars lah. I let you mm. choose lah. Which stock will you pick ah today? If I give you ten k, you will invest in Coca Cola or you will invest <laughs> in a high growth stock like Palantir. Uh-huh. Like like no brainer, young guys most likely will say eighty percent Palantir, twenty percent Coca Cola for the stability or something like that one, right? So yeah, that's yeah. that's the same concept when I pick title. I can have twenty five uh titles in my backlog, but if none mm. of them, if 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 none of them stood out to me that has the strongest uh, compounding effect, uh, I won't choose it one. So uh, I will I was keeping in the stock cold storage so that when that week. Like in part in any particular week, if I'm really super busy, then maybe I will go to the cold storage content, which right. I which I in, at the back of my head I knew it was it won't be the next viral video one. It was just like just another week. So yeah. that's like one percent of the time I use those cold storage videos one. So I don't I don't typically go to those titles. I always the way I look at content. Uh, I don't mind how hard it is to research, but I always have this concept of. Then this next Friday's video is gonna be that video. That that's the mindset I give. So every single week I put like all in one. So it's either make or break one. But at the same time, mm. it's it's immense pressure lah. Uh, it's a lot of uh sort of uh, unnecessary expectation that I give to myself lah. Because not only you need to strategize a good content, you need to do the research well. You still need to film well, edit well, and uh, post it well, and SEO and thumbnail it well within a week's time frame. So It's a lot of hard work uh, at the back, at the backstage, at the back of the scene that people don't really see lah. But yeah. people do appreciate the the final outcome, which I think I'm really grateful of that lah. That I think hope I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, mm. it does, and I think I really like the idea of the cold storage because, in a sense, it guarantees consistency. But again, it's not something yep. that you depend on. So it's not something that you know. Oh, I have something in the fridge, <laughs> so I don't have mm. to do anything this week. It's not exactly. like that. You are actually just keeping it there so that, in case of emergency, you can still maintain consistency in putting out content. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I guess we can learn one thing or two from that, lah, Nico, for our own channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. Speaking of appreciating, right, uh, Ziad, I remember there were actually tough times that you encountered when I remember back then, right, I would follow you, obviously, right, and I see stories Thank like very much. fuck <laughs> that, fuck that, like this, uh, that people are not watching and stuff like that. There were tough times that you encountered last time, at least, right? Uh, would you want to talk about that uh, about those dark moments and how you overcome it as a person? And sure. How you uh, as a mm, and mm. as a YouTuber, right? Yeah. Hmm. Wow, YouTuber is a big word, leh. 
Oh, okay. Part time contract. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Yeah, very good question. Actually, uh, even until today, it it's a it's a lot of pressure and expectation that I set for myself. And as as the the size of the channel grow, uh, indirectly you will set a bar for yourself where you you can't underperform that bar. That's a very minimum you need to hit. And me being me being competitive, even from back then from gaming, if I set myself. Uh, a bar of let's say a scale of one to ten. Uh, if I set my bar as a minimum four, I die that also want to do a minimum of eight one. That that's how I look at things. One, I I like to outperform my 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 expectation one, mm-hmm. and then that 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 actually is uh in a way it's also pretty toxic uh mental to to my mental health uh, because I was like constantly asking myself uh how can I do better uh what did I do wrong why people get more views than me my thumbnails that bad me. Uh, what kind of title I need to do better? Is it because my my delivery was not good? Is it my content not that great? And at the very early like like last year, as you've seen from my IG story, it was pretty toxic in in a to the to the extent that when I walk to work, when I walk to LRT, I was constantly thinking like sometimes I don't even look at the road. Right? I just like sort of like in a way it's it's pretty crazy like, like people on psychedelics or something like that like. so so it uh, it's so intoxicated that even at night after uh I close my laptop at like two o'clock like that like, I cannot sleep on it I, I'll keep thinking like your your brain like just go fire crackers one and sometimes I can like wake up four a m in the morning uh in the midnight in the middle of sleep I can just wake up like oh shit I thought of this very cool idea I faster write down on my iPhone uh, reminder one uh that that's mm-hmm. how I try to capture the, the 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 bits and pieces of the thoughts of the I would say the creative sparks lah, uh from left and right. And that's actually how I caught the comparing seven brokers one because uh technically speaking, I don't own all seven brokers that I compare, like eToro Tiger, uh TD Ameritrade, Trade Station Global, IPKR, all these I only own like one or two of them. But then I still managed to make that seven co- brokers comparison, which is the so- so-called viral video of my channel. Lah. And that that was actually because one of the night I was actually thinking about this stuff and then it sort of popped. And then I thought, why not YOLO? Lah. Just try. Lah. No one done this before. Ma. So 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 just give it a try. Lah. So uh yeah, so back to the back to the essence, right? It's it was pretty toxic. Lah. Uh to to the point that like, sometimes I would uh I, I know it's pretty crazy, but I would like cry one leh, like really super yeah. pressure I, w- I was just cracked down one and then yeah. at, at, one, at one point it was so freaking de- depressed uh, I took out my camera and then I just turned it selfie and then I just talked to the camera for like good 45 minutes of me ranting into the camera and that really helps eh. it really helps I, I didn't post that like, obviously it was so stupid but then it really helps it because the camera was like someone that I'm talking to obviously mm-hmm. I'm talking to myself but uh, that time the, the pressure was so immense because not only I was uh, making going all out for this super tiny YouTube channel of three four hundred subscribers, I was also editing. I was also doing a part time video editing job for another person. One, so it's like very tight schedule. One, and then at the same time, every single night I was doing this Instagram manager thing for for a US client. Every night I need to spend at least two and a half hours, uh, for for my for my client. One, so, uh. At that time, my 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 schedule was actually arranged in a thirty minutes interval. One every thirty minutes, I have to get something done. If not, I will fucked up. I have to like push one. Sometimes I have to run in my house. One it was that crazy one at that time. And then if I if I don't have time to eat, I just don't eat one. So I have to push one. Uh, and and I I persevered 
uh, persevere through lah. Because in a way, I know I will make it one day. Uh, mm-hmm. It was hard lah at the beginning. It was all quantity and not quality. Like everything was like push, push, push. And then I, I, by the time I get to sit down to actually focus on my video editing for my YouTube channel or scripting for my video, I was actually so happy. And that time is like 1.45 every single night, 1.45 a.m. And yeah. keep in mind that next day I have to go to work at 9 o'clock, 8.30 a.m. So it was joy to me. At the time, I find joy to, to be able to work on my YouTube channel. So 1.45 a.m. to 3, 3.30, 3.45 like that, that was like sort of the, the two hours that I spare myself after my freelance job that I can focus on my YouTube channel. So I, I know it's it's a bit crazy uh, in terms of help, physical health-wise. Uh, if people want to call it uh, workaholic, uh, I think I, I totally agree. Even, even until today, I still push myself super hard one. And yeah. Uh, yeah and, and, even I, mentally, I would say. Right? Mentally, yeah, it, will, it will crush you. And I, yeah. I think I, it's safe to say if a lot of people would like to replicate what I'm doing, they will go crazy or, or get into depression easily. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that time, while I was doing that, I was also on a keto diet. So I, I need to cook for myself. Huh? I had to prep mm-hmm. meal for like two, three days in advance. Huh? So it was technically, I was running in, at home for like a good two, three months. Huh? It was that, that, that crazy. It was that crazy. And a lot of people don't see that one. Huh? But of course, it's, it's stupid. Like, if you ask anyone to do that, huh? people will say you are stupid to do that. But uh. Uh, it was all I wanted. Like, I, wa- I wanted money from the freelance. But at the same time, I wanted, I wanted to make it on YouTube. But at the same time, I have a, my full-time job to attend to. But at the same time, I want to uh, slim down. So I went on a keto diet. So everything was like, I want, I want, I want, I want. So, mm. and, and at the same time, because I, uh, I was a bit uh, unhappy with my job. Like, because we uh, COVID, right? Then we didn't have our bonus. So I was a bit unhappy. One. So that, that sort of gave me the, the sort of the, the, the urge to like, want to escape or something. Like, so I focused on my hustle so hard, like, super hard. Like. And um, mentally, it crushed me. Like. It really crushed me. But then, obviously, uh, uh, with time progresses, as you get uh, larger followings, things mm. get slightly easier, which, which I didn't took it for granted. I turned that, uh, that extra freedom into a motivation and then also double down on that effort. Even until like today, uh, like every single day, I will edit if not uh, handle things la, like like replying comment or whatever, I think yeah. people can attest to this one. I still re- reply mm. comment at 2.30am. Uh, <laughs> I make sure I yeah. clear off my, all my messages uh, mm-hmm. and, re- and YouTube comments and replies uh, every single day. If not today, then the next day I have to clear one. I don't leave it more than 48 hours. And because to me, that, that feels like very insincere for a YouTube channel for the creator to re- reply so late. Nah. Hmm. People will sort of lose, uh, lose the steam because when people comment, people actually hope to see reply from you, and that's that's why I always put the pressure on myself that I need to reply, I need to uh, reply them, lor. Especially for Instagram message because it's it's DM, uh, I will hmm. always reply that within twenty four hours. One, that's that's the rule that I set for myself, and right. I think everyone can agree on. People agree on. I, I always reply them within forty eight hours. One, uh. That last time, I was, I last time I was pretty aggressive. <laughs> uh. Within three hours, I must reply. Or within, uh, at least at the end of the day, I confirm must reply. One that was me last mm. time. La. And sometimes, even until today, I still reply people within like 10 seconds, 20 seconds. One. Whenever I, mm. uh, I'm slightly free or I, I just want to chill a little bit and I see the thing pop up, I just reply one. So, uh, uh, in a way, I, I think I, I respect people's time and I respect people's uh, following. And that I think that really helped me in uh in my channel as well because not only 
you want followers, you want someone that sticks to you and then someone that can uh, sort of convert into uh, your loyal follower in, in a way to put it. Lah. And that, that will mm. help with conversion, that will help in, in your commission and revenue and stuff. Right? But of course, I don't see people as a profit, lah, potential profit lah, because obviously you can either play the mass number game to gain a lot of view, then higher conversion, or you can play the smaller number game and then uh, focus on less quantity but more quality and you actually know your followers uh, each of your followers and I try to, uh, and I personally prefer the latter la. so so at the same time I, I do still chat with a lot of them like a, like a friend like that I don't put myself as like oh, I got 14,000 I'm not gonna I've got 14,000 subs I'm not gonna talk to you because I'm a like YouTuber like that no mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have that attitude because I try to remind myself re- uh, remind myself constantly that I'm I'm no one if not of these people so so it's something that I remind myself all the time and at the same time, it motivates me. But of course, at the same time, it gives me the pressure to set a higher bar for myself. Lah. Yeah, I just want to say, right, Ziad, um, thank you for sharing all these, like, the dark mm. moments, right? So it's very hard for some people, yeah. especially if, like, we went through a dark time, right? Sometimes yep. it could be hard to say it because, you know, being there alone, right, especially when you said that you have to talk to your camera, right? I mean, yep. I, I can feel it, like, you know, like sometimes where it, it can be, when you're trying to grind something, it, sometimes it can get very lonely, right? Yep. Yeah, that's one thing I can say. But Nico, I see that you write something here, side hustle. Is there something you want to ask about side hustle, Nico? Yeah, I mean, because like, I mean, from what Ziad said, right, I think something very respect, respectable of what he has done with his time, which mm-hmm. I'm not really, do, good, really good at doing, managing my time, right, is the amount of side hustles you've taken on like in terms of Instagram marketing and video editing, freelancing, right? And as well as now YouTube, of course, is probably another side hustle, right? Yeah. Um, wh- how, how, do you see, how do you see side hustles in your view? Like do you, how important do you think side hustles are for people in this generation? And what are the unknown benefits that can come from participating in side hustles? Besides, of course, getting the money and extra income. But what is... What div- what development do they get out of you know doing side hustles? So um, side hustles to me is is probably my identity right now because I think mm. I I didn't grow to be a content creator. I actually grew from side hustles one. So mm. um, side hustles in a way is a is a way a very good way for you to earn extra income, of course, and at the same time it gave you an extra life skill that probably the other person don't have. So that skill can actually be turned into or be, be, be amplified into something that can help you in your career path or to say that to, to make it into a business as well. So it actually stems from all the small little side hustles and side, so, uh, soft skills or hard skills that you learn from the internet, which I think internet dominates the, the, the day and age today. So yeah. uh, if you can like pick up one or two side hustles or whatever skills is that lah on the internet then that will set you apart very far from the people that are just spending time watching Netflix uh, that alone is enough to set you very far from a lot of people and then well for me uh, luckily for me I, I always had something for video editing one but I was not good I was not good uh, as you can tell from my very initial videos I, I, can, I know the basics of putting things together putting music and making things clean. That's my very basic video editing skill. Mm. So at the time, I was looking for a very, very, very low-paying video editing job. Lah. And I think the, the first job I got was a, a pretty medium-term one, not the one-time client. He actually came back to me again. So we did like 
uh, per week we did two videos so per video is about 100 ringgit like that uh. so very 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 low paying one per month i got like uh, 800 ringgit and every week i need to spend like uh, 12 hours on that so 12 hours for like oh, 200 wow. ringgit like that it's very very oh. low paying one very bad one but then i still i still take it like, because I, I wanted the extra in- bit of income and then right. another one was actually from Upwork, which is a US dollar uh, job. Uh, yeah. That was pretty well paid. Uh, not not very luxurious, but still it's a, like a solid like 1.6, 1.8k a month one because it's US mm. dollar ma, when you converted. So add up, it's like 2k plus plus already. So that money, um, I think what people can take away from here is that with that money, you don't... Uh, the way I look at it, you don't save it because... If you keep the profits and you, you invest or whatever, uh, let's say you are so smart as you go and invest into stocks or whatever, uh, what's, what's the best return you can get? 60% in a year, 80% in a year. That is mm-hmm. like also a moonshot, right? Not everyone mm-hmm. can get one. What at, at most you put into dividend stocks, 8% very high already, I give you. Uh, still, okay. still like 8%, yeah. right? But if you put that 2 to 3K into your SASO gears, your productivity, your efficiency, that's increased like, that's active income right? and active income beats everything when you are when you're having a low amount of capital so for youngsters mm. i super super recommend every youngsters to to dive into sales get that uh get that income uh, the active income because it can easily replace like 30 or 50 percent of your monthly salary one although it's very hard like, because it's you are trading time and you are trading sleep and you are trading mental health you are trading your free time your social time uh for money and that is that is so true and you you can't escape one it's, it's hard it's painful and it's a very mentally crushing one but uh you use you, you still have to do it and that's how you get your initial capital and to scale up to make it better to to increase more profit from it you have to reinvest or i would recommend you to reinvest into your gears and that was how i reinvested all my initial money into my macbook to edit videos, to do 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 stuff, to my camera, which sets me apart from people that films on an iPhone or a or a or a very low level camera, and then I invested mm. into a small uh, microphone. You know, all these small little stuffs are uh, gives me like three percent boost, five percent boost here and there. Add up, it's like what 15, 20, 25 percent. So that's like what my age over the other uh, creators already. I already got twenty yeah. percent ahead of people already. It reminds me people, of the book yeah. actually, is yeah. Uh, the book where it's like the one percent better day. Atomic uh, habits, yes. Atomic yeah, habits. Yeah. I learned it from there. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Go on. That 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 was the life changing concept that I've learned from atomic habits. Like one percent from everywhere, then it adds up and compounded. It's pretty crazy one, and I can attest to that concept because I already see the the fruits of the labor that I've put. Uh, one and a half years ago and today I can see the fruits of the labor it's not because of me being a genius or being a rich guy it, it doesn't help one it's because I put that extra attention and effort to look at the 1% detail that people always overlook one so uh, that helps with the production of everything lo, and efficiency improve you get more money and then at at one point my YouTube income sort of uh, got half or almost half almost the the amount of my freelance job so i sort of dropped them off and then now i'm just focusing fully on my youtube channel apart from my full-time job so now i just focus fully on my youtube channel which which is which is my uh yeah it's my main uh monthly income right now right so that means uh you that's your main focus right today and speaking of which right uh how we 
discussed like how you have what you call that god crew your side hustles and all of this kind of stuff right but mm. it's very curious because like a lot of people want to start a youtube channel right and a lot of people are lost mainly what we've discussed earlier like many people don't know what to write right like mm. so you want to start a dota channel and you realize like maybe that's not the best idea you want to start a what do you call it animal crossing i think was yep. it animal crossing yep. right. maybe that's not the best idea right and then you decided to like hey you know maybe five percent want to listen to my uh financial analysis then hey maybe 10 people will listen 20 people will listen right yeah so this is one of the one of the few final questions that we have today before we take the whole night for you we, we know that you're a very busy man Zia, so we don't want to take like, all, the, all the whole <laughs> night like, okay so i want to ask you this one uh, final question before we ask for you for a simple word of advice right how to get to where you are today because from where you started to where you are today uh, yeah. i i'm not i'm not trying to like you know uh brush your shoes or whatever or in but i want to know maybe the people the listeners can know right how to get to where you are today i think i've covered partly um, mm-hmm. the first right yeah. thing will be don't Constance let go every single detail like yeah. the, every single minute detail that that's what sets you apart from the rest one like for mm-hmm. example uh, very simple uh, like the framing of my video like if you have the chance to like watch like 10 seconds of my videos, like me talking to the camera, uh, to a lot of people, it seems like just a pretty uh, normal uh, uh, talking head video, uh, you talking cock into the camera frame. But mm-hmm. actually, it's it's more beyond that, actually. Like, uh, a lot of things are unconscious one, like lighting, color grading, framing, and composition, uh, and how I transition from one clip to another, uh, from one clip to another, and uh, how I always keep the eye level within the... Uh, uh, within the, the grid and how I always make sure that my audience don't need to move their eyeballs at all when watching my video. Uh, how I uh, place my decoration in at the back of my video, what kind of things that I use, what kind of color scheme that I use, what, what kind of curvature and what kind of, what kind of shape of stuff I put behind me and then how I treat myself, uh, do I groom myself well when it comes to uh, filming a video, um, what are the quality of my equipments and all the bits and pieces, uh, it, it, it all adds up to, to, to a significant amount because uh, individually, they are insignificant. Uh, if you have great lighting but bad audio, then it they sucks. But if you add up everything, then my, my footage is easily, just footage alone, we don't talk about content, easily mm-hmm. 20 to 30% better already. And I do it subtly so that people don't see like I'm overkilling things. But people enjoy and unconsciously, this will lead to people liking your content and following you organically rather than me screaming like like and subscribe like and subscribe then me just uh, slamming like what some stupid script on, on your face hoping you can like and subscribe next next video I, I will thumbnail clickbait you again so mm-hmm. that, that's not what I wanted I wanted to to get organic followers so so all these are things that I fine tune which I learned from the, the thing that we talked about just now la, the right. atomic habits one so that, that was one of it lor. Uh, I won't let go every single detail one. I will just fine tune every single each one. And mm-hmm. then, um, probably uh, for, for starters, right, for complete vanilla zero person, right, you need to draft a very rough plan, but mm-hmm. you don't have to be perfect and do, you don't have to stick by the rules one. And I think there's a thumb rule for, for like, for example, YouTube creators. Like, when, I, when, I was, when I was starting, I was watching like a lot of creators, how to start a YouTube channel. One of, one of them actually said that you need to create 30 video titles before you start your channel, which I did. I had like 30 finance-related topics. And then I, I, I stick to it for like three to four videos. And then I see myself actually thinking about, hey, actually this video not that good. Like. What about I try this other video? And then I, also, I sort of 
deviate out from the from this script I written for my YouTube channel already. I I I, I leave the strategy in, and that is totally fine because over time when we when we dosed out our quantity and we just keep on pumping content, mm-hmm. we will find our niche one. We will learn about our audience. And our our true audience will come and tell you which is better, which is not good, what they prefer one. And then when you get all the feedback, uh, that will that will that will formulate the way you think and you look at your channel and which is why I always interact with my audience so that I know what they want instead of just treating them as another piece of view or number on the screen. Uh. So that's one thing. So interact with the audience law. And then um honestly for, for a lot of starters, you just have to be fearless. Like don't worry about what people think lah. Uh. And when I started, uh, I was so worried about a lot of things. Uh. My first five videos, I didn't post anywhere. Man. I just post on YouTube. I was so worried that my friends see. I was so worried that my colleagues will see. I was so worried that my family will see. My mom doesn't know about my YouTube channel until I got like 100 subscribers. Man. And then um, I was so worried that my bosses will see. If not, uh, because I, will, I, I always have that fear that if they see, that means they will think that I'm not putting enough effort into work. I'm trying to find a side hustle. You know, mm-hmm. maybe probably escape from the job, which... which all the things are, are fear and insecurities that I put over upon myself. Also, right? Overthinking, yeah. So yeah. that that created fear because you are not sure. But of course, over time, my boss eventually found out he was actually pretty supportive. So uh, that gave me the confidence and conviction to continue what I have today uh, until today. La. And so so uh, a piece of advice to a lot of people is um, maybe be be fearless a little bit. Actually, be, be totally fearless because... Um, Yes, there will be haters because haters will always hit, and then <laughs> there will always be uh, people that uh, see your true intention, then see your genuine intention mm-hmm. that you want to share information, and those are the people that you need to keep. And honestly, right, online community, as long as you are not trying to do something funny or something stupid, uh, ten nine of ten people are pretty supportive one. Huh? That one mm. is probably going to click a dislike or say something nasty. Then it's totally okay. Take that negative feedback as uh, as a feedback as well because mm-hmm. uh, who knows he could be right, right? And you could be wrong. So you can't always live in your own world. You need to take into account of people's feedback one. Yeah. And then uh, very, very last thing is uh, uh, you need to be hungry. Lah, like be super hungry. Like, like be goddamn hungry one. If people spend every three hour, uh, every night three hours to edit and do their thing, you freaking do five hours. Lah. If people sleep at 12 o'clock, you freaking sleep at three o'clock. Lah. You just have to push one. At the very mm-hmm. start, it's very painful one and it's mentally crushing one. But um, you need to put yourself in the mindset that, that of course, you start small. Lah. You don't have to start your first day creating content until three o'clock. Lah. That's stupid. Lah. You will burn out like <laughs> one, week, one, one week later. <laughs> <lah>. <laughs> well, when I just started, I started at 12 a.m. Then I sort of pushed to 12.30. Then one o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. And then sometimes I do until five o'clock one. But that, that one is like weekends. Uh, and weekends, I, I swallow completely. Uh, weekends is my like my golden hour to create content one. So, and to, 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 to also do my freelance one last time. Uh. So, and even until today, I don't have uh, weekends to go out one. If I want to go out on weekends, I need to pre, pre-arrange that timing. And then, if I, let's say I want to go out on Saturday for Yam Cha for six hours or whatever, uh, I need to push that, that six hours time slot work into my weekends, uh, into my weekdays, long. so my Monday to Friday will probably be a little bit busy one. And mm. that's totally fine because I totally respect people that want to go out with me, my friends and family. 
and I, I really cherish time with them. Uh, but I also find it difficult. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want to tell them, oh, because of you, uh, I got so much work, I have to push my schedule. I don't want to let yeah. people know that like, because don't want to money, be bitch, like, basically, right? Exactly, because you can only have so much money, so much gear, so much equipment, which which are uh, thankfully and gratefully enough, I, I, I have the position, I'm in the position to say that it doesn't bring you happiness. Man. So at the end of the day, it's it's interaction with people. But of course, when you're started, when you're starting, uh, fuck, fuck the fuck the work life balance. Uh. there's no balance. One, mm. if you want to grow, you have to be uncomfortable. One, that's that's the cold half truth. If you want to sleep nine hours a, a every day, and you still want to have a side hustle, and you still want to look good in front of your boss, uh, that then I can honestly tell you, you are probably growing at a very minimal rate, or or even uh, stagnant. So mm. if you want to have a high growth, you just have to sacrifice and push at the very beginning. It was smoothed out. One. The curve was smoothed out, but at the the, the beginning, the the, the curve the curve is super steep. One, so that's about it. Right. So that's basically his advice, guys. So basically, we have to suck it up and fucking push through. <laughs> right. We cannot exactly, be exactly. a whiny baby. Right. So Nico, before we close the podcast today, which we are ever so thankful that Ziad has given us his time. Right. So you have yeah. any more questions for him, Nico? Um, no, I think we covered quite a diverse range of topics today. And I think myself as well, I learned quite a lot from Ziad and his experiences through yeah. his side hustles and growing his channel and even through his career and the way he approaches life, really. I think mm-hmm. it's very um, interesting and people who listen to this as well will probably learn quite a lot from your experience. And yeah, I appreciate your time as well. Yeah, so with that being said, right, guys, uh, give a round of applause virtually and we can't hear whatever. <laughs> right? But I want to thank Ziet once again and hope you guys enjoyed this episode and remember to think before you invest. Ciao, guys. Right, thank you very much. If you're still here at the end of the podcast, do follow this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. To catch all the latest episodes from us, you can follow our Instagram page at ringgit2dollar underscore. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. I will see you in the next episode. But remember to always do your due diligence before investing. Till next time.